You're listening to a Church Doctor production. Welcome to the audio version of the Church Doctor Report, presented by Kent Hunter. Welcome to this issue, audio version of the September-October 2020 Church Doctor Report. The uh, subject for this audio version is The Church Losing America, Declining Faith, and the Drift Towards Socialism. How's that for a contemporary issue? (laughs) To be clear, this issue of the Church Doctor Report is not about politics, nor is it directed toward economics. It is about the massive loss of spiritual influence in the U.S. due to the decline of Christianity. It is a radical call for every Christian, every denomination, every church to return to the priority mission of Jesus Christ to the United States. That mission is to make disciples of all people groups, beginning in our own Jerusalem, Matthew 28, 19, and 20. So, as I've referenced in my recent book, Restoring Civility, those Europeans who first landed in North America in 1620 signed the Mayflower Compact prior to landing in Plymouth, Massachusetts. It was not a constitution, but rather an adaption of a Puritan church covenant to a civil situation. It read, in part, having undertaken for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. In their own words, they were missionaries. This is a reminder of what many churches and church bodies desperately need in America today. To get there from here, We need to take the diagnostic journey that we church doctors have used to help nearly 2,000 U.S. churches from 78 denominations, non-denominational, and independent congregations. To be clear, I'm not the genius that developed this approach. I actually got it from my mentor, Lyle Schaller, the brilliant consultant who helped so many churches. The diagnostic approach is ask questions, then more questions, then even more questions, and drill down to the causative issues, the issues behind the issues. So, as we drill, we'll start with the hot topic of socialism as a symptom of ineffective churches and as a wake-up call. When there is a health issue, the symptom is usually the first sign. Good physicians look at symptoms, then past the symptoms to the causative issue. Our fallen creation has built-in symptoms, symptoms to get our attention. My prayer is that church leaders see the red flag so bright before us. The second level of symptoms 
reflects the decline of churches in the U.S. Depending on the research, somewhere between 70 to 90 percent of the American churches are plateaued or declining at a rate behind the growth of their communities. In other words, we are losing ground. The closure of churches is a growing phenomenon. There are thousands of outlier churches that are growing, of course. Some are attracting believers from dying churches. Others show a good margin of real growth of Christianity, reaching unbelievers. Yet, in total, the Christian movement is losing America. The third level of drill-down diagnosis gets us closer to the heart of the matter. Churches and whole denominations have lost their sense of mission. In theory, church constitutions list things like, quote, reaching the lost for Christ, or, quote, the Great Commission, end quote. However, in reality, if you follow Jesus' diagnosis, quote, I send you to reap a harvest, end quote, John 4, 34 to 38, much of the spiritual result is not a reality. Now, I know it sounds negative, but for God's sake, literally, for the sake of the kingdom, let's be honest. At a fourth and basic drill-down level, there are several dimensions of issues. First of all, most pastors are not trained in missiology, that is, the biblical disciplines for effectively reaching non-Christians. And number two, why? The majority of American churches and denominations have subconsciously defined the mission field as almost exclusively over there somewhere, on another continent. Number three, so pastors can't equip their people to be missionaries in what has become, for most, their secular communities. Number four, consequently, the mission is primarily a y'all come, invite someone to church, a church of attraction model. This is primarily ineffective in what has become a secularized society. Forget the good old days. They're gone. So, travel with me through the level of diagnostics. We start with an increasing and alarming sign, creeping interest in socialism. On February 3, 2020, Time Magazine published an article, How to Save Capitalism. It was a viewpoint article by Jamie DeMond that appeared a short time before the COVID-19 pandemic hit North America. Uh, Jamie DeMond is the chairman and CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase. DeMond has led America's largest bank since 2005, and he chairs the Business Roundtable, a collective of U.S. CEOs, and this is what he says. In the article, he writes, Capitalism may be at a tipping point. 
For far too long, policymakers, governments, and business leaders have done a poor job at helping those who have been left behind and lost sight of how capitalism can create more opportunity for all. Demand goes deeper about socialism. That might explain, he says, why some Americans and politicians are turning to the hot new trend of socialism as a cure-all for society's ills. Of course, socialism isn't new. And everywhere it, was ta it has taken root, in the past, it has failed. In the traditional socialist system, he says, the government controls the means of production and then often decides how and when the citizens work rather than leaving those decisions up to the private sector. Socialism inevitably produces stagnation, corruption, and the specter of authoritarian bureaucrats maintaining power by interfering with the economy and individual lives. Demand continues, I believe it would be a disaster for our country. True freedom is inexorably linked with the free enterprise that capitalism guarantees, and we mustn't forget that. Now, I know about now you may be thinking, oh, the church doctor has drifted into politics. What does this have to do with the mission of the church? Well, hang on. It takes patience to drill down through the symptoms to get to the cause of issues, okay? We'll get to the mission of the church, and it will make sense. But first, a few more comments from DeMond's article. He continues, Capitalism must be modified to do a better job of creating a healthier society one that is more inclusive and creates more opportunity for more people. This means meaningful changes like rebuilding our education system and providing skills training, affordable health care policies, substantial infrastructure, and sensible immigration reform and climate politics. And that's just a start. He continues, in August, more than 180 CEOs of leading U.S. companies signed the Business Roundtable's new statement of corporate purpose, committing to creating economic opportunity for all of their stakeholders. Americans are increasingly polarized in many areas of our lives, from where we live to whom we are friends with, and how we get our news. This has manifested in crippling partisanship, especially in our nation's capital. And in a final comment, he says, and I quote, Capitalism has been the most successful economic system in history, but we can improve upon it to help solve society's problems and lift up more people, and now is the time. So, that's an article that caught my attention. 
But that's not the end of the discussion by any means. To drill down another level, let's look at Europe, where most countries have drifted toward some form of socialism. Yet our focus isn't on this capitalism or socialism, but the unique influence of Christianity and the church. So, can we learn from the past? Can we learn from our European neighbors? Can we even be motivated as Christians to recapture mission effectiveness? Now, as you may already know, much of Europe began to drift from the reboot of healthy mission-minded Christianity that resulted from the Protestant Reformation. As you consider this, think about this. Does the Christian movement in the West today need a reformation to restore effective mission? I believe it does. John Wesley, who was instrumental in the movement of Methodism, was also influenced by Martin Luther's focus on grace. He was inspired at a Bible study in a home on Aldersgate Street in London. The study was on Luther's introduction to Romans, and it fueled Wesley's passion for mission. <laughs> and the rest is history. Wesley writes this, I fear whenever riches have increased, the essence of religion has decreased in the same proportion. For religion must necessarily produce both industry and frugality. But as riches increase, so will pride and anger and love of the world in all of its branches. We ought not prevent people being diligent and frugal. We must exhort all Christians to gain all they can and to save all they can, that is, in effect, to grow rich. That was from John Wesley. Then, as we look at this further, we look at the issue of socialism. As socialism grew in Europe in history, Max Weber, spelled W-E-B-E-R, but in German pronounced Weber, uh, was a German economist and sociologist. And he wrote, as a Christian, a very interesting book called The Protestant Ethic and the Spirit of Capitalism, tying these two major issues together. Weber refers to asceticism, which condemned both dishonesty and impulsive avarice, as he says. He goes on to say it condemned the pursuit of riches for their own sake. He continues, he says, asceticism looked upon the pursuit of wealth as an end in itself, as reprehensible, but the attainment of it as a fruit of labor in a calling, that's a key word, in a calling, which was actually God's sign of blessing. End quote. Weber continues with a few more words. He says, The religious valuation of restless 
continuous systematic work in a worldly calling as the highest means of asceticism and, at the time, the surest and most evident proof of rebirth and genuine faith, must have been the most powerful conceivable lever for the expansion of that attitude toward life which we have called the spirit of capitalism. Now, I get that that's kind of complicated. I've read Weber's whole book actually twice, and it's a headache waiting to happen. you got to really think your way through. But it's brilliant, and it's very interesting to see this element of Christianity and what it says for your church and mine and the effectiveness of our mission. So here's the point. For Weber, the fear of encroaching socialism was identified as a wake-up call, a departure from the biblical understanding of the Christian calling. He identified it as evidence that the Christian faith was losing influence on the people of Germany in particular and Europe in general. And of course, as we look back at history, we know that was the case. The discussion of socialism to replace capitalism is a statement. The Church of Jesus Christ is losing the country. Yes, the Church could survive in a socialist society. It can even survive under some forms of communism, underground. Yet, the threat of the loss of capitalism should send a powerful message to every Christian, you are losing some of the most powerful benefits of your culture. You are failing in the mission to reach your neighbors for Jesus Christ. Those two issues cannot be separated. The spirit of capitalism, the concept that God has a calling for every person, is not the most important dimension of the Christian faith. However, it will greatly impact every aspect and many blessings of a nation influenced by Christianity. It serves as a serious wake-up call. America is a mission field, and we're losing it. It raises an important question. Are you ready, are you personally ready, to get trained to be a missionary to the unchurched non-Christians who are in your own social network. They are unbelievers, and they are listed on the directory in your cell phone. So, look at your own church. Let's drill down. What are the symptoms? Is your body, the body of Christ, your congregation plateaued? declining, aging. How would you rate your congregation? How would you rate yourself on the effectiveness of reaching others who are not Christians and making disciples? That group that's from that large growing pool of unbelievers in our nation. Are you part of a church body, a denomination, 
that trains and equips pastors who demonstrate the Ephesians 4 mandate to equip God's people for the work of ministry? Or do the leaders of your church do most of the ministry themselves? Is your staff doing ministry for the people? Or is the staff at your church multiplying people to be missionaries? Another question. Are you a church of attraction where you are urged to invite people to worship, to worship the God in whom they don't yet believe? Or are you trained to go make disciples? You see, the word mission is from the concept of sending or being sent. The church becomes outgoing. It becomes a sending force. And you are called to be a missionary. You and your church staff can be equipped. Missiology is not rocket science. It is, however, a learned discipline. You can do this if God has your attention. And if and when God gets your attention, I urge you to check out the Send Movement. If not now, when? Thank you for listening to the audio version of the Church Doctor Report. If you would like to receive the written version in your email, please sign up by going to www.churchdoctor.org. If you've enjoyed this teaching, please share it with others and encourage them to subscribe. Thank you, and God bless.